on. <laughs> I'm gutted we're not going to be here next week. Oh. We'll be in Glasgow. <laughs> oh, no, we won't. We'll be, in, we'll be in Worcester. But no, I'm absolutely gutted. Where am I? Where am I? Oh, my word, today. Um, I almost wanted to just carry on and just give you the floor, really, because, because Jesus... Jesus wants the floor. It's not about me. Oh, no. It's not about me. Um, And I've actually said to Ethan, if I forget to do the slides, he's got to do it. I haven't got many. So, um, Ethan, no pressure there. So, um, So today, I'm absolutely delighted. Absolutely delighted. I just know that God's got something to say. He certainly had something to say to me. And um, over the last few weeks, actually over August, we've been talking about big people. And big people um, such as Rahab and Jonathan and Mordecai and Gideon. And they had pivotal moments in their lives. And I think probably each and every one of us here can say that we've probably had pivotal moments in our lives that have transformed us. And I really, that's really what I want to talk about today. And actually, I've used an excuse of the person I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to tell you who it is just at the moment. But, I'm, um, but I've just used him as almost like a jumping-off um, platform because big people actually step into growing moments. And um, it's not just for Bible characters. For each, it's for each and every one of us. Um, this is a growing moment for me. Don't know how it's going to go, but it's a growing moment. And I'm just trusting God. I absolutely know he's in this room. But I know that if we're stepping into our growing moments, we're going to transform our cities as big people. We're going to transform. We're going to transform Ashford. Because we can't stay. We can't stay within the confines of Ashford Vineyard, or of our churches. But before I tell you what I'm going to talk about and the person I'm going to talk about, I want to tell you a quick story. And um, uh, it's not meant to um, offend anybody. I really hope it doesn't. Um, But you'll see as I'm talking about it. Um, My mum, my mum and her hearing aids. And as my mum got older, She's not with us at the moment, you know, now. She went about three years ago. As my mum got older, her hearing declined, and it meant that a trip to the hospital confirmed that the hearing aids were needed. She was duly fitted. She didn't want to go to the hospital, but she was duly fitted with them. She was given new batteries for when they were needed, when they ran out, when the hearing aids were being used. You probably know where this story is going. However, my mum decided that she wouldn't wear them. They were uncomfortable, but there was something more important. Wearing them let in too much noise. (laughs) She really didn't want to hear what was going on around her. She never needed those new batteries, because she she never used the hearing aids. And the memory of her kept coming back to me when I was preparing for this talk. My talk's on Samuel. And if any of you know, Samuel had a pivotal moment hearing and listening and acting 
and what he'd heard from God. I'm going to try and change the slide now. Oh, there we go. Ethan, it's Ethan, did that. Thank you, Ethan. So it's Samuel that we're talking about today. So who was Samuel? A quick intro, he was just an ordinary person in the Old Testament, about a thousand years before Christ, and a very, 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 very great paraphrase. His mother was Hannah, the wife of Alkanah. There's a story there. I haven't got time to do that. And Hannah, it's very interesting, actually, Chris, it, uh, uh, Nick, that you said about somebody having a stillbirth. There are, there, there are some huge sadness about birth and not, not having babies. And Hannah meant, wept at the door of the house of, house of God in Shiloh because she had no child. And it was, uh, Shiloh was where the Ark of the Covenant, the tabernacle, it was, it, was, it was there for a time. And there was a guy there, and he was the high priest. He was called Eli. And actually, as Hannah was praying, he actually thought that she was drunk. Um, and, uh, and he didn't actually ask her what it is that she prayed for, because what she wanted to pray, what she prayed for, was she prayed for a son. But she also said, if you give me a son, God, son, God, I'm actually going to dedicate him to you. And actually, Eli, then he, he, he thought she was drunk, but he said, actually, you know, just I know that God's going God's to do that. And God, in due time, a son was born to Hannah, and she named him Samuel, which means God-given. And she also kept her promise of dedicating him to the life of God's service. And what did that mean? At the age of about four or five, she was actually, he was actually taken to, the, uh, taken to Shiloh to actually be with Eli, the high priest, and to serve there and to serve very closely in the tabernacle in certain, certain areas. And I just want to sort of stop there just very, very briefly. Is that he, can you imagine that giving your child away at the age of four, but that's what she promised and the, here we have Samuel. He probably taught, he was taught all the necessary scriptures. He was liked by the people and he was blessed by God. And what I want to do now is I want to pick up, and I'm going to see if I can do this myself. Um, and we pick up from 1 Samuel. I'm reading from the message. I love the message. The message is a paraphrase. And here it is. It says, The boy Samuel was serving God under Eli's direction. And this was a time when the revelation of God was rarely heard or seen. And one night, Eli was sound asleep. His eyesight was very bad. He could hardly see. It was well before dawn, and the sanctuary lamp that was still burning. And Samuel was still in bed in the temple of God, where the chest of God rested. And then God called out, Samuel! Samuel! And Samuel answered, Yes, I'm here. Then he ran to Eli, saying, I heard your call. Here am I. And Eli said, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. And so he did. And God called Samuel. Samuel. And Samuel got up, went to Eli. I heard your call. Here I am. Oh. 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 Got a bit of a glimpse there. Again, Eli said, Son, I didn't call you. Go back to bed. This all happened before Samuel knew God for himself. It was before the revelation of God had been given to him personally. That's what that's saying is that Samuel didn't know God personally. He'd been working around this, but he, he didn't know him personally. 
And God called again Samuel, and the third time, yet again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Yes, I heard your call. Here I am. And that's when it dawned on Eli, the chief priest, that God was calling the boy. So Eli directed Samuel, go back and lie down. If the voice calls again, say, speak, God, I'm your servant, ready to listen. And Samuel returned to his bed. And then God came and stood before him exactly as before, calling out, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, speak, I'm your servant, ready to listen. Wow. How long does it take some of us to hear what God is calling us to do? And, I, and as I pondered and I meditated and I prayed, the three words that kept coming back to me about Samuel is hearing doesn't necessarily mean that we're going to listen. And just because we listen doesn't necessarily mean that we're actually going to take action. Maybe you hear about praying, you listen to other people praying, but you don't take action. And I know that's certainly in my life. As much as I want to. Reading my Bible. And I'm perhaps restricting what, where God can talk to me. So looking at Samuel, he was a devout young man, but actually we know he didn't know God personally. That could be because he was watching what was going on around him. There was... There was Uh, corrupt things going on around him, but still, he just kept his focus. But he still didn't know know God. And at that time, God was rarely heard. And then the pivotal moment happened, he encountered God. Can you imagine what it must have felt like knowing that it was God speaking directly to him? And and he's saying, speak, I'm your servant, ready to listen. And actually, I, again, I haven't got time to say, tell you, and it's, it's good to read on. He was given a really difficult word to give back to Eli. And actually, he didn't really want to say it, so he didn't even tell Eli. But Eli said, come on, give it to me, give it to me. And he didn't really know what, but that's for you to read on about that. But really, what I want to do is talk about Samuel, Samuel's pivotal moment. He stepped into that. He stepped into that growing moment. And the repercussion was that he ended up being... (laughs) He ended up being so highly loved by the people of of Israel. Um, And he went off to anoint Saul... And, and ultimately today, and, and ultimate David, King David, who we know that Jesus came from the line of David. I suppose this is where it gets a bit personal, and excuse me, because it is personal. Is that when Samuel said his yes to God, yes to Jesus? My personal, my personal testimony is when I said yes to Jesus, I'd been, I'd been married to Richard for a while, and uh, his, I know Richard had been brought up in a church that was so focused on Jesus, and Richard had gone his own way. And we got married, and within about four or five years, but I knew 
that there was something missing in my life. And in, in the quiet of my own home, I said my yes to Jesus. And that, that for some people, may be, yeah, okay, so what? Well, the first thing that happened was I knew that Richard's family had been praying for me. Can you imagine what that must have felt like? I knew that. Richard actually came back to Jesus, literally that day. And our life was transformed. And we got involved in the church. And actually, I don't know where Sarah is now. Where's Sarah? Sarah. Sarah was in our youth group. (laughs) Kaylee was in our youth group. If I hadn't said yes to Jesus, what's the repercussion? What happens? And that's, you know, please just ponder on that yourselves. Is that there may be some people here sitting in the room or maybe online that I just saying, I don't know what to do. I, I don't know whether I want to say yes to Jesus. But it's not that difficult and it's life changing. And there have been many, many pivotal moments in my life. And actually, Rosie and Paul here, they don't know what, what I'm going to say, but um, we went over to um, hear somebody from Bethel up in Bedford. And, um, and actually, honestly, I can't remember what he said. I really can't remember what he said. But the following day, we went over to St. Albans uh, Vineyard. And uh, St. Albans Vineyard, I, I'm always looking out for good ideas. And I was working, um, as, I, as I'm doing at the moment, is AV Kids. Went into, uh, went into their St. Albans Kids to see what they were doing. And this woman came over and she said, oh, you know, you know, welcome, how can I help you? And I said, oh, I'm just, you know, having a look. And actually, by the way, I don't know how it came out in the conversation, but we're off to Bethel uh, in, in, London, in, uh, in America uh, later on, sort of probably about six weeks later. And she said, I just want to pray for you. And she just said, be blessed in Bethel. And I, I, just, I, just, I, I just, that was a bit of a growing moment because I'm sort of stepping into that and I'm thinking, okay. And then actually, we nearly didn't get to Bethel because there were fires and all the rest of it. Anyway, we got to Bethel and I knew that God was wanting to do something with me. I knew and we went along on Friday. Well, that, nothing happened. Come on, God, I want something. Saturday, no, nothing happened. And Sunday morning, I, I was sitting in the coffee shop and I just said, uh, I, I just know God is going to do something. I know. Anyway, uh, at the end, um, went up for prayer. I thought, look, I'm just going to step out. I'm going to my growing moment. And this guy I didn't know, I've never seen him before. And, and he said, what do you want me to pray for? So I said, I just want more of God. And he, he was, right, okay. <laughs> and he just prayed over me. And he started telling me things about my life that nobody else would have known but God. And I knew at that point that God was doing something different. I knew the same way Samuel, but I knew he was doing something, and I knew he was releasing me into something new. And what I want to do now is I just want to think about some people that are closer to home, uh, in Ashford Vineyard. And excuse me, because I haven't asked you if, I've, if I, I, I can put your photos on here. 
And there are people that have stepped out into a growing moment. And I think we've probably all heard, and if you haven't heard Chris and Nick's story coming here, instead of going to what is Ipswich, <laughs> coming here to Ashford, coming here and wanting to do what God, well, what God, what do you want us to do in Ashford? And just, and just laying their whole lives, just amazing. Chris, Chris Tatton, Chris Tatton's up there doing the sound. I asked him this morning, I knew a bit of the story, but actually I'd got a bit of it wrong. Chris Tatton, along with Vicky, how long, Chris, how long have you been here? Seven years. Probably, I don't know how long it is before then. Vicky wanted to become a social worker. Uh, Chris was a social worker. And Vicky, the place where she wanted to do the training was actually in Canterbury. So Chris stepped out. He stepped out from Reading. They moved from Reading so that Vicky could come along and train as a social worker. And now Vicky is doing all sorts of things in social work. Absolutely amazing. And we've got such a privilege of having, of having Chris here as the pastor. Um, Be- Becca, Becca with Beehive. And actually, I remember Trey Shepherd coming from Causeway Coast and actually praying over her and saying, coffee, you know, coffee shop, you know, just praying prophecy. But it took Becca to step out into that growing moment. We've got Dave and Laura down in Dover. I just They've stepped out. We've got Mark and Maddie setting up Lincoln Vineyard. All of, these, all of these amazing people that I haven't had time to put on there. Healing on the streets. I'm, I don't know if Liz is online, but, but healing on the streets. She just loves going out on the streets and healing anybody and everybody. <laughs> Stepping out into a growing moment. And really what I'm wanting to say, really as a sort of, a bit more as a, I suppose again coming back to me from a personal thing, about a year ago, Chris asked um, if I would, um, actually Chris, I don't know if you know this, but I thought he was going to ask me to do a daily update. And actually instead, in actual fact, what he did ask me was, would I sort of work with him to come up with the Kingdom Academy? Well, what was the Kingdom Academy? I'd run, King, I'd run academies with work, but Kingdom Academy was different. It was completely and utterly God-focused. It was encountering God. It was equipping, God, equipping people with, with the tools that they needed so that they could experience and go and take it out beyond the walls of Ashford Vineyard. And so we worked. We heard that voice. We heard what God was saying to us. But we also heard, we were really looking forward to it, everything set, set up, and we heard that the time wasn't last year to start. It was due to start in a few, a few weeks' time. But I suppose what I'm saying is that where we are, each and every one of us, is placed in a school as a head teacher. The beehive, volunteering, whatever you're doing, upstairs in kids, refreshments, anything that you can think that if, you know, just if you think where you are now, what is God asking you to step into? 
What is God asking you to step into? And actually, possibly for some of you, what is he asking you to step out of and stop doing? Stop, you know, being passively, passively accepting stuff. That's my challenge to me. That's that's my challenge to each and every one of you, is step out into that growing moment and keep stepping out. Thank you. Father, I just pray now for every single person that's in the room and online and the people that hear this, that, Father, it is not my message, it's your message. And as they ponder and they meditate on what they have heard today about how Samuel saying, speak, I'm your servant, I'm ready to listen. Father, show us where we're just hearing and we're listening, but we're not acting. Father, take us on a journey. Take us on a journey. And Father, I just pray that as we are back, back in the room, Father, we don't even wait for when we're back, back in the room. Father, we, we, we've got some business to do with you. And we just thank you so much for what you've done, what you're releasing in us, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening to our podcast today, and we hope you enjoyed it. For more information, visit ashfordvineyard.org, or maybe drop into something if you're nearby. In the meantime, have a great week, and know just how loved you are.